from the Paddock Passion team. Welcome to the Paddock Pod. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Paddock Passion Podcast. Uh, we're your host, uh, producer AJ here. Uh, we've got the Australian Grand Prix coming up, so it's time for another episode and we talk through the outcome race down under and joining me for the ride on this episode is our co-host and our co-founder of Paddock Passion, is Alice. Alice, hello, how are you doing? Hello, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Um, all well and good. Uh, excited for another race week? Yes, yes, very excited. We're, we're, we seem to be getting, like, content a lot earlier from all the teams. Like, it's only Monday, and I feel like everyone's already been posting about Australia. Mm, yeah. Is... Nice. Yeah, I think everyone's sort of hyped about the return to Australia. I think it's like a landmark sort of event for Formula One because it's obviously it's the only race in the sort of, um, I don't know what the continent's called. Is it Oceanic? Sort of continent, sort of around that area. Oceana? Oceana, yes. Yeah, Oceana. So it's the only race down there. Of course, Australia's got a big fan base in Formula One. And Mm -hmm. Australia's always been the traditional sort of season opener um of course the last few years um because of covid it hasn't been the case but it's always been sort of a landmark uh race and it's always has like a huge turnout um so of course a lot of excitement for this race um you know round three the championship uh everyone loves australia and of course there's a lot of, um i think yeah a lot of, pe- a lot of people are excited for it because um because daniel ricardo will be coming back into the paddock for um, the first time, of course, mm-hmm. since Abu Dhabi, but um, not for a ra- not with a race seat though. So he's just a, sort of like a sort of like a sideline watch. I think a lot of people are more excited about Daniel Ricciardo than the actual drivers themselves, which is uh, says a lot about sort of the big how big the fan base is for um, yeah. for Ricciardo. Yeah, it'd be um, I think that'd be interesting to see um, if the Australian fans like take to Oscar Piastri as well because obviously he's like a new Aussie in the sport but then there's that bit of conflict mm-hmm. as he kind of took Daniel Ricciardo's seat so is it going to be like a battle of the Aussies or is everyone going to get along fine um I think it'd be interesting to see like how Red Bull plays this like PR wise because mm. um, obviously Daniel Ricciardo is like very big and well known and has that big like Aussie fan base um, so to kind of see what they're going to do there we've already seen like a few little bits on socials um, like featuring Daniel so yeah I think it's going to be interesting mm. it'll be interesting how it all works out um, also with Piastri it's it's pretty much his, it's his home race of course being Australian but mm-hmm. he literally lives a, a few minutes away from the fact being born in Melbourne mm-hmm. and everything so it's quite a, quite a big occasion for him but of course mm-hmm. there's the back of what happened last year where like the fans were sort of like sort of turned to his side even though he's sort of a new Australian kid uh on the block he's also the one that sort of picked um Ricardo out of the seat kind of so it'll mm-hmm. be interesting how that plays out and yeah like you said Ricardo um obviously going to be in Australia Red Bull already kicking off the weekend with this sort of like incredible sort of PR stunt they did yeah. um, in Australia. Um, I don't know if any if you like anyone's seen it, but I recommend you go watch it. It was uh, 
really cool what they've done with like Ricardo going through all the different terrains and all the different you know, sort of extreme sort of sport athletes that Red Bull affiliated with um, was really cool. And they also got to drive around um, the iconic Buffer Circuit, which um, to motorsport fans is sort of like one of the holy heavens of um, of motor racing um, in a way. So it was really cool to see that. And yeah, what a way to kick off the weekend from a from Red Bull's content side. I think it's really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, it definitely seems like this year, like there's a lot more marketing and PR behind it. Like mm. even on TikTok, the um, <clears throat> what's it called, the Albert Park, Albert, Albert Park. Yeah, they've like been hyping this up on TikTok for like about a month mm. or so. Um, yeah. So obviously they've got quite a lot of marketing PR behind it so I'm definitely looking forward to that but it's not one of my most favorite races like race wise mm. um I don't know if that's just because it's like that much earlier in the morning so I'm like <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a bit like guys we need to up the levels if I'm waking up this early for this um <laughs> I don't know maybe that's why but uh we'll have to see what happens this time um but yeah looking forward to yeah yeah i mean the real challenge of this grand prix is obviously the early wake-up calls um traditionally around five o'clock or six o'clock in the morning when the race normally Mm -hmm. happens next um such an experienced fan like myself has been so used to waking up at this early in the morning to watch australia um it's sort of like a real challenge for us europeans but for like australians back in obviously um for them they have to do this every european race and american race that <laughs> yeah. wake up at silly o'clock in the morning so it's kind of you know our turn to get there to feel sort of their pain they have to experience but um yeah i mean for like newer fans obviously for yourself it's obviously like a kind of like it's an unusual sort of challenge to wake up at like five o'clock or six yeah. in the morning and especially like, when a certain someone aka you like refuses to watch the race or catch up at like eight o'clock so why would why would you <laughs> not want to watch a race live why would you because, want to catch up because it's it's the weekend and i want to sleep in i don't want to have to get up before like eight o'clock like I work from home. I literally roll out of bed at quarter to nine and then I'm like get dressed <laughs> at my desk. Like this is early for me. This is yeah. But I mean, hopefully it'd be worth it. Um Yeah, you yeah. weren't a fan of it. You weren't a fan of it last year, weren't you? No, I went back to bed. <laughs> yeah. So it says a lot, isn't it? I went back to bed and then we watched it at um what time did we watch it like nine o'clock or something when it was like and I was so annoyed at you because I was like why couldn't we just watched it at this time but year old you have to watch it live yeah Um, I have to watch I want to watch it live yeah you know I'm obviously not as committed as you are on that one it's because you know I've I'm just so used to sort of like the Australia sort of Grand Prix experience where you wake mm. up at six o'clock in the mornings and then sort of start your day watching it and then you've got the whole day to sort of reflect and watch back and you know create the content and all that especially well the last year for us is sort of build content around that so um 
but you know it's, it's like a tradition for me okay. I want to say yearly tradition but we've missed it for a few years but you know it's something that I've had you know I've, I've I've always felt like I always feel like at least like obviously once or twice a year you have to go through that and you know twice a year I wake up super early in the morning to watch Grand Prix I, I can cope with that well I'm just glad we're watching it in bed this year yeah and you're not making <laughs> me go downstairs for it as well because that was like doubly as hard at least this time if I want to go back to sleep I'm there but exactly. So if the race is boring enough, you could just go back to bed and uh, have no problems at all. Literally, I'm just still <laughs> in my nice cozy bed. I do. I have uh, actually been looking up like ways to um, help you wake up early. And this uh, Grand Prix, watching the Grand Prix on the list? No. <laughs> 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 no, as in like Shocking. ways that can help you wake up early. Um, so, um, like, not closing your blinds, mm-hmm. so that um, so that the light pours in, um, right? When it's like earlier, um, that doesn't really work where I live though, because we've got street lamps and stuff. So, doesn't help. Yeah, no, that doesn't help. Um, mm. Then there was just like the generic, like, don't have a cup of coffee before bed, like obviously you know um yeah and uh like make sure sh- make sure you're going to bed early but i've been pretty hopeful because when we went on holiday we got up at what three o'clock half three four starting around that yeah exactly like that and we've got like up and out and to heathrow so mm. i'm sure i can wake up and sit up in bed for six o'clock so <laughs> you'll be fine don't worry yeah we'll um, have to give you an update next week to see if yeah, that actually see happens or or if yeah. i roll over or if yeah, i kick adrian out my bedroom yeah see how it all plays out i do feel be, sorry for go on my dad would be up so you can always watch it with steve yeah i can always watch it with steve good old yeah. steve <laughs> anyway I do feel sorry for obviously for people who are going to for Ellie, for example, because she has to go to F1 Arcade at six o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah, no. yeah, like in London, oh God, that's that's quite. You know, if people are actually going to go go to that, I, I admire that. That's quite some dedication to you know to go all the way up to London, like about. I don't like, think we could get there. Well, no, obviously we can't get there. We have to stay in like a hotel or close by or something. Or yeah, just, because you know, stay in the, train, train, the train 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 don't start going till like what five, six in the morning. Yeah, exactly. By the time we get going, the race will be the started. Is, yeah, by the time we get there, the race will be over. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. But um, you know, if you're doing that, and obviously Ellie will be there, you know, I you know applaud you for that, and hopefully it'll be it'll be worth waking up to. Um, speaking of wake, worth waking up to, of course, you were angry at me from last year because we watched the race <laughs> and you said it was it wasn't as good. It was quite boring, to be fair. Um, should we recap on what happened last year? Because um, that was I quite, honestly um... don't remember. <laughs> I do not remember. Um, I remember, remember it, it feels like a literal fever dream. I just remember <laughs> being sat on your sofa, like feeling really hazy. 
mm. with like the duvet around me <laughs> and I really don't remember it and then I just remember I don't even remember I remember like then going back to bed but I don't remember walking up the stairs or anything <laughs> <laughs> and then just like waking up and then seeing that it was on at like nine or something and then like being yeah, really annoyed yeah standard standard yeah. <laughs> well let me recap but, what happened last year yeah for all of us for all of us um if you were like alice and just fell asleep with my through i don't blame you um because it wasn't exactly the most entertainer races charles charles the clerk won and a lot of people were hoping Did that oh, yeah yeah do you not remember? I really, <laughs> Do you really I, not remember? honestly i don't know you could tell me that i don't know lance stroll came p3 and i would believe you like honestly (laughs) i do not remember this race at all i could not tell you like a single thing that happened do you not remember like the most the big thing that happened no max retired did he i really don't remember this no (laughs) (laughs) um Okay, well, let's say to save the people um, on the recap. So, obviously, Charles won, Paris was second, Russell got his first podium for Mercedes. For P3. Yeah. Was that, was that Austra- Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes, yes, it was Australia. I know it's been a year, but Are come you... on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then... I really didn't think he got it yeah. then. Yeah, he got it then. That... Oh, okay, I thought Mercedes was having like a shit old time until. Like at least six races in. Well, I mean, well, I mean, the whole year was pretty bad, but you know, they still got a podium. Like, not like he still got a podium three races in. Yeah, but you know, three races in, podium's not too bad. Uh, Obviously, the main one was Max Verstappen retiring with that spectacular engine failure. Um, Sebastian Vettel came back from COVID and was immediately, you know, faced with a dilemma that the car was absolutely rubbish and crashed number of times Carlos Sainz, yeah. <laughs> I, Honestly, you really don't remember <laughs> I, I 100% do not like remember this race like, in the slightest do you remember Carlos Sainz being in it after one lap no oh okay well then do I you remember Alex it was raining Al- when he did that what I thought it was raining when he did that that was Japan Oh, did he do it again? That, oh, okay. That, 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 was the, that was the other early race that we got up and then you had, you went back to bed. <laughs> so I can you... see why you're getting confused here. <laughs> we'll get to Japan later this year. Australian fans, I do not know how you like remember anything that goes on in Formula 1 because, like, Jesus, like, my brain obviously does not function until 9 o'clock because I do not remember any of this. Oh, well, this is going to be... <laughs> when we get to Japan and we talk about the Japanese Grand Prix, she'll be like, oh, my God, yeah, I remember that. I remember That's the one with the Ferris wheel, isn't it? I mean, there's a few races with Ferris wheels. No, but the main one with the Ferris wheel. Uh, yes, there's a main, Japan's the main one with the Ferris wheel. Well, it's I remember big... that. You, you also know Japan's the one with the figure of eight. Anyway, we're going off topic here. We're, we're talking about Japan and Australia. There's events. one with a figure of eight? Like, what? That's Japan. 
are you having me on tonight? Because I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I do not remember there being a race with a figure of eight in it. Japan. Japan's the only figure of eight. It's not really a figure of eight, but it is. You know, you go under. They go under a bridge and they go over it. This is like a, a big like. Yeah. <laughs> I have never seen a track with a bridge on it. Fan who's been watching it over twenty years versus a fan who's like watched it for how many years now? <laughs> this uh, like two this, and a half. A two and a half. Two and a half versus twenty years. You know, this is quite a quite a contrast. Um, <laughs> um, anyway. I'm not being rude, I'm just saying. Um, shall we go back to Australia? So um, one of the things unique about Australia is obviously it's a street track, although... It looks like a not... capybara. Yeah, I was going to say, it looks like a capybara. <laughs> we've, had, we've had this revelation that, well, Alice had this revelation when we look at the track map, and you know, I was preparing all the graphics and everything, getting ready for social posts, and, uh, and Alice's analysis of the Albert Pass circuit is... It looks like a capybara with its bum in the air. Yeah. And, and you know, I stand now, by this. <laughs> and, you know, having, you know, been watching F1 for so many years, now I can't unsee it. I can't unsee the capybara. <laughs> and we even oh. made a TikTok of it. And, like, a few people are like, well, no, it doesn't look like it. But now, now I can't unsee it. But now, well, I think we're starting a theme here. We're starting a theme that people are now seeing the capybara in uh, yeah. the track. See, I've got a weird skill of looking at F1 maps and mm. like seeing something different. Mm. I've got a weird what? talent for it. <laughs> yeah. What was Jeddah again? Can you remember what Jeddah would look like? This was that the sperm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was the yes, it was that one. And then there's the other one that <sighs> looks like the magic key. Baku. It's Baku. That's Baku. That's the next one. And then there's like a duck. Um, a duck. Uh, Imola looks like a um a um oh what the fortune cookie. <laughs> Where does this come from? I don't know. <laughs> fortune cookie. Yeah. You said Miami looks like a hammerhead shark. Yes, I did it not does. Yes, it does. It does look like a hammerhead shark. Which I feel like they should have just made it a dolphin. Like, how much cooler would that been? Like, they had a whole well, parking lot to make it, so they make it into a dolphin. Like, how sick would that be? Miami is on a parking lot. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. They oh, had the yeah. whole thing to make it look like a dolphin. Yeah, so why well, didn't they? These know. are the I mean, real it's... questions, like, people need to be asking. You You can ask, you know... If we ever get Herman Tilka on the on the podcast, you can ask him about the tracks and everything and why yeah, he's designed it like do. that. You I don't even know said, who he is, do you? No, I honestly didn't even catch the name, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> oh, anyway, um, so not only will F1 be at Alba Park this year, we will also have for the first time ever Formula 2 and Formula 3. So all those feeder series fans... Quite a few of them. Are they um, on before or after F one? On before, so you're going to be. But right, I your... am not. Don't <laughs> even. <laughs> don't even try and be like, oh, do you want to wake up for Formula Two? Like, 
No. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, waking up at like two o'clock in the morning and then waking up at four to watch um, Formula Two and Formula Three. Um, I love I love Formula Two and Formula Three, but I think that's going to be a real challenge. So mm. I might be obliged to um, to watch to, it on to, repeat. Yeah, watch on repeat. Or just you know, just skip, just skip. Right, we all know you're not going to do that. Well, yeah, well, I'll I'll try and catch up like with highlights. Exactly, exactly. So, but it'll be interesting to see how that goes. uh, As in, you know, the races. Have they never been there before then? Never. They've never been to Australia before. This is the first time they're doing this. Um, I know. It's I know. It's interesting because, like, if you like right rewind back two years ago, they. Mm. Had, they had seven rounds and like three races in order to save cost. Now we've got like 14 of them and they're going to Australia for the first time, which is uh, quite a big step for them. Mm-hmm. So be interested on how that goes. Um, and also rest in peace to all those Speed of the Series fans waking up at two and four in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I envy your pain. So, um, but anyway. Um, so Australia is coming up, which is exciting. And whilst that is being sort of building up, there has been some conversations and some topics around um, Formula One, particularly one about the first two races about Red Bull's domination, pretty much. Um, are Red Bull dominating the sport to a point where it's effectively um, going to make it boring? Um, I've seen a lot of views on Twitter saying that you know people need they need to slow down Red Bull. And make up new rule changes and that but um you know we're two races in a 23 race season and people are panicking and saying that you know we need to make to change the rules but um i'm obliged to argue that point where i think um we've seen more dominant performances in formula one and you know we've just sat through our season and watched it and for many years we've seen that for mercedes with ferrari and when we've seen our Red Bull, but I don't think, you know, in my opinion, I don't think we need to change anything. I think, you know, you know, if they dominate, you know, you've got props to them. I don't know what your views are, considering, you know, yeah. you've watched the sport since 21, 21, your first season? Uh, yes. Yeah. And so it's all been kind of like, you saw, you've seen like Mercedes versus Red Bull and then majority of it's been Red Bull dominated but you have Ferrari and Mercedes occasionally and now you'll sort of get your first taste of one car is sort of dominant and the rest of the field can't catch up essentially yeah I mean I got it through through Drive to Survive so yeah for a lot of like us fans um Mm. that got through watching F1 through Drive to Survive it is probably our first like dominance era because I know like Mercedes have had that a lot in the past but Mm -hmm when Drive to Survive came out, it was still, like, very close between Red Bull and Mercedes. So, um, yeah, never really experienced it before. But I th- I don't know how much of it is the car and how much of it is Max driving the car because when you look at, like, Checo, he's not, like... I know last week he was quite far ahead. Like, if both Red Bulls are, like speeding ahead like mm-hmm. by so much that it's like absolutely impossible then like maybe but at the moment I feel like it's not so bad that um 
regulations need to change or anything like that. Um, but I mean, we still have like really good battles and things that make it entertaining. Like, okay, there yeah. may not be the battles for first, but like, I feel like we've definitely seen like with Alonso, like his battles and overtakes and everything mm. have been like so good that it's still very enjoyable to watch. Like, it is very different. I think it's really hard for fans that got in um, t- in 2021, which is when I joined, when it was so, like, neck and neck between Mercedes and Red Bull and all that stuff. But then, like, you have to remind yourself that, like, it only became really, really tight, like, Silverstone. So, yeah. like, we're still very early on in the season. And mm-hmm. everything can change yet. Like, we're literally two races in, not even three races yet. So, yeah, I mean, I think they're fine as they are. Yeah, I mean, how how do you feel about like, the prospect of, like, one mm-hmm. team dominating against the rest of the field? Um, does that, like, does it put you off a little bit? Or do you still want, like, really. you still want to watch it? See? Yeah. Like... I think it's hard because 2021 was such, like, a good year entertainment-wise. So, mm-hmm. like, you had all the drama with the team principals. You had, like, the whole Michael Massey thing all throughout the season, not just, like, at Abu Dhabi. There was just, like, constantly, like, Christian on the, I want to say phone, but it's not a phone, like, radio, sound yeah, radio. whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there was, like, there was constant drama, like throughout it like there was all these battles for like first and like just try, like it was such like a amazing entertainment year um alongside like drive to survive was really picking up and like everyone had watched it through lockdown and all this stuff mm. um and then I think last even like last year it felt like we were definitely like out of that high entertainment factor era like not having the race director on the radio and hearing all that and having like less of like the drama-y side of things um and then this year kind of again like Red Bull are that bit more dominant but to me like it doesn't take it out the race like you still have everything in it like for me I love drama I love reality tv so of course I'm always gonna (laughs) want that but like I mean, I really like the little battles that go on, like, hmm. yeah. I think people are so focused on, like, the win inside of it that people don't pay attention to the battles further mm. behind, like the smaller teams and all the midfield and all that. They always ask, like, there's always a tussle in there mm-hmm. and people just focus about, obviously, the winning inside of it. Of course, you want to focus on the winning rather than, like, who wants to know about P5 and P6? You want to, mm. you know, win inside of it. Um, no, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, it can get a little boring on occasions, like definitely during like the Mercedes dominance, uh, especially in the early stages. Um, you know, they were so far ahead of everyone. It was pretty much you, you could like flip a coin. It was going to be Rosberg or Hamilton that's going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, on the odd occasion, you'll get like a Ricardo or Stafford or Vettel will win. Mm-hmm. Um, you know an occasion that but then that's like what when the best races of the year happen um and i grew up with the michael schumacher era when he would dominate for half a decade really and you know on occasions 
there will be some of these entertainer races. But I think, you know, I, I think, you know, the fans of today should feel kind of, kind of like a privilege that we're in a position where F1 is, I think it's, I think this year in particular is quite competitive because the gap between the like, first place to last is like 1.3 seconds or something. That's quite a big, that's, that's a really small gap. Traditionally, that would have been like, like first to like third or fourth at best during the early Mercedes era. Now it's sort of quite close in a, in a way. So obviously in the race, it tells a different story because um, Rebel will fly ahead in that. But, you know, I don't think we should be panicking two races in and that, you know, we're going to have a boring dominant year. Let's not forget that Red Bull still got, you know, that wind tunnel ban, which means they can't upgrade their car as often. Whereas everyone else has, you know, higher percentage from that, from last year's results. So they can still, you know, upgrade as much as they can, get more of their um, sort of performance back over the course of the year. And, you know, it will affect Red Bull for next year's car as well. So, you know, whilst it's painful to watch this year, I think for the longer term, it might get better in a way. Mm-hmm. But who, who knows? Who knows what happens in that? But, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be panicking as of yet. So, but, you know, people have their opinions. People, opinions are like noses. Everyone has one. So, um, um, but there's a... Where have you heard that? Uh, my my Brundle actually. My Brundle. Oh my quite. goodness! I mean, it's such a my Brundle thing to say, isn't it? Yeah. Opinions are like noses. Everyone's got one. <laughs> I can't remember the race he said it, but I remember him saying it. So, um, Wowie. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, moving on to one topic I want to talk about was about. Um, the remo- about, there's been a conversation within Formula One about removing practice sessions into the mix. Uh, the fans apparently the fans don't like them, which is fair enough. Not everyone um, watches them. I know one person who doesn't. <laughs> You're so shady. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there's you know, there's a couple of people that watch them. It's boring. It's just basically an hour of just people driving whatever they want, and Stefano De Medicali, CEO of F1, considering them for the sake of engineers' ties, but also for the fans as well, because they don't enjoy it. Um, it's got a lot of backlash from social media saying that, what does he know about, you know, um, Formula One? Fans enjoy watching practice sessions because, you know, from a trackside perspective, it's part of the entertainment. Um, you know, people go to Friday to watch practice and you know to see the cars that are on track it's a cheap way of watching you know formula one when it comes to your local circuit or when you go to grand prix um so i, I i'm i'm curious to know what your thoughts are because i know you don't like them so <laughs> um, I, don't, your thoughts? I don't like them but i feel like they shouldn't get rid of them like obviously they're not as exciting as qualifying or as the mm. race like everyone knows that I think even like you who's like a diehard fan like it's not your favorite thing out the weekend no um but at the same time you can't just expect a driver to jump into a car and go straight into qualifying you can't like all the teams like they have to collect their data that they need for the race they have to like just 
refresh themselves and like drive the car again and like learn the track because it's different to how it is in a simulator even the simulators are so good like obviously when you're actually on the track it's gonna be different you're gonna feel different you're actually gonna be there in real time you can assess things like I don't know the lighting or the tire grip or I don't know all the crazy stuff that you probably collect data on so I think maybe like they just need to stay you can't expect people like it's not it won't create good racing otherwise if you just go oh yeah we're getting rid of all practice sessions so you've just got a Saturday qualifying and a Sunday race like absolutely not that is literally gonna be a car crash of a wreck like no there's not gonna work it's just not um so I don't think getting rid of them is the answer to anything. And I don't even know why he would consider that. Like maybe, I guess, not um, showing them on TV or something. And I don't know if it costs them money to do that. And like, this well, is why they well, don't want to do it. Or... Well, it reduces the amount of money they make because, you know, if you reduce the like the amount of, sessions you're going to do and the amounts of tv mm. time you're going to lose money from that um when i was growing up f1 practice wasn't even you know shown on tv mm. it wasn't shown on tv since i think like the, probably the bbc took over like in 2009 right. so that's when like it started but like it was on the red button so if you only you know only really want to watch it you can watch through mm. there but then like sky came a thing and they were like you know whole dedicated channel they would make every practice session, every press conference, every little F1 show they do, you they want to slap it on your face and, you know, you got to watch it, you watch it and watch it and all that. And now people are just like, you know, actually, I don't need to watch it. So I think more people are obviously interested in the qualifying and the race, but the practice is sort of like, it's there if you want to watch it. Yeah. Um, but it's not a necessity. So like, in the build up of qualifying you'll get recapped and everything in that end and you know with the power of social media you get updates for whatever what's going on from not only from f1 themselves sky sports but also from the teams itself now so i, I do think you know we don't need to get rid of practice sessions because like you said if we got rid of practice sessions we just did straight to qualifying in the race um drivers are literally going out on a green track and with no familiarity of what the car is going to behave like on a track and you're asking them to do like you know hot laps or something that's just going to end in disaster so I do think though that they should make practices more valuable if that makes sense so add a bit of you know something to it so that it makes practice worth maybe potentially watching in a way um uh, I have an example. Um, MotoGP, um, which is the bikes, they have four practice sessions, and with practice, they so I think they combine like the best times from those practice sessions, and then put them in order. And like the slowest twelve, um, they go. They have to compete in like Q1 of qualifying, and then the fastest riders in there go to Q2, where like the main shootout happens. So maybe if F1 could sort of add a similar style of that, then that would be, you know, pretty cool in a way. That's a bit more valuable and might be worth watching. 
see, you know, it will encourage drivers to definitely push more to try and get a quick lap time in. So they mm-hmm. would do much more better in qualifying. But then again, or even just... something like um, this practice is for like, I don't know, data collection of tiger i don't know something so like maybe the fans understand what's going on more because for mm-hmm. me because everyone's doing something different mm-hmm. it just like seems so chaotic to me and like it, some it, people were like trying like different things and there's no like there's nothing i can feel like i can get invested into i think yeah. that's the thing but if it was like practice one is for this and you know, you get a data thing of like all the stuff practice two is for this practice three is for this mm-hmm. then I feel like I can be like oh like Red Bull has the best like start mm. times or yeah. the best tyre strategy or like all oh, the Red Bull's looking good on like the hard tyres but the Mercedes yeah. is looking good on the mediums like what's that like I don't know I feel like maybe if you just structure it more into because obviously they have to collect their data and the driver's need to practice, but maybe structuring it so like the fans can get a bit more involved rather than the teams just doing their own thing, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it'd be good to do that in a way, but the teams, they're quite sensitive about their data and like they'll want to do like, you know, do long fuel runs in one session and then do qualifying runs in the next. They're quite varied. Mm. So... I think there's the right. I think that's why it's called you know, free practice. I don't think the free is means that you can you, anyone could do it. It's free to enter. I think it's yeah. just you know they have free reign of what to do in that. Um, so I think you know that idea of like a session dedicated to like long runs and data running and all that. Um, it's a good idea on paper, but I don't think the teams would like want to do that because they want free reign on free control of what they want to do in a session but then is um, it giving them free control or is it getting rid of it you know which one would they pick really because I think I think if it came down to it if Stefano what's his face said like gave them an ultimatum of like you're either going to do it my way or you're gonna like um what's it called like surrender it then mm. like obviously they're all just going to be like no fair we're doing it your way you say that <laughs> everyone seems are quite you know ruthless in getting their own way and that um yeah it's been the thing for decades that f1 wants to do this certain thing or the fia proposes this and the teams you know say no we'll fret to quit and all that sort of and then they don't do it I think now there's a little bit more leniency um, with like, the new owners, the sort of direction they want to go with F1. But I still think, you know, the teams have still have a say in it. Um, at the end of the day, the FIA and F1 have to run things through the teams in like votes and like committees and all that. So mm-hmm. it's a little difficult to sort of make rule changes in that unless everyone like propose, like gets on board with it in a way and there's always like one team who says no I don't want to do this and then they encourage like their supporters like engine suppliers or relative parties like Mercedes to Williams, Rebel to Alcatari, Ferrari to Haas and Alfa Romeo etc. You know 
it's quite well, it's, mean, politi- it's very political let's say something's got to change i think from this maybe you know when people talk about like disruptive marketing and then you just like put something out there mm-hmm. to like disrupt the market maybe this is what the fia they're doing they're like maybe they've just put it out there and like obviously i don't think they're like even going to come close to getting rid of it because i think they know that like that's just like not good for the sport but mm-hmm. i think they've obviously put it out there and then everyone can like scramble and be like no we can't do this how can we like it's creating that panic and then mm-hmm. people are going to come up with all these ideas. And then they can be mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, we just see that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, because, it's like, difficult. Really, I really don't think that they're going to just get rid of it. Like, that, they can't. Like, they just, that can't no. be their intention. They must be like, no, we're going to put it out there, get mm-hmm. the vibe of what everyone's yeah. thinking, and then... I say like okay so they don't like it for these reasons how can we make it more entertaining or like mm. I think they've yeah I don't think their intention is to completely I think they've done this like very tactically mm. it's a fair point you know just try and you know say something negative and then like mm. see how the reaction would be like and then they can use that to sort of like as feedback in a way yeah. to sort of like making that but then again f1 done that before with like surveys and sort of polls and everything to sort yeah of, but and forums you to can't like no you can't take things from a survey because who actually our age if we got a freaking email from f1 to be like take this survey to feedback like who's doing that no one <laughs> well no one people did back in the day no and that's yeah, how we no got the one does now. that no one does that now like the way to go is to do what they've done put something out there and then just see what the response is on socials that is like how the world works this is like what's going on so i think that this is what they've done they don't intend to get rid of it i think they've just put it out there see what the reaction is like and then be like right so this is what they want how do we do it Mm. yeah i mean it's a lot different now than it was a few years ago when f1 did like surveys and fan forums and everything to sort of get feedback from the fans of what they like about formula one and what to make changes to and they use that data to sort of create the rules that we have today you know they spend a lot of time in those years between 17 18 and then the beginning of 19 to sort of create the foundations we are working on um what we're running through now essentially so you know it does work in a way and you know you're not going to get it right first time you make some subtle changes here and there um to sort of make sure it works but who knows um from that but i guess surveys are not the way now it's sort of just 100 comments on social i mean you know when people are like oh take this survey to give us feedback who's actually doing that like i want to know <laughs> because Surely everyone just press skip. Like, it's just well, not. Well, if it's like Formula One, then it might have sort of a head tension to sort of go with that. But, you know, we'll, 
we'll have to see where, where this one develops. I really um, want to um, know who takes these surveys because <laughs> I do not know one person that would do that because if my parents got that they'd be like oh it's a scam not pressing on like a link you know if I got that I'm saying oh I can't be fucked for that you know I'm not doing that who who so who is doing it like seriously who is doing it (laughs) have you ever done one yeah I've done one I've done one back in the day well yeah but then this is the thing. Is it just then the diehard F1 well, yeah. fans that are well, doing course, it? But yeah. then, but then they're the ones that enjoy free practice and all this stuff. You know, well, not exactly. Well, not necessarily. Mm. But yeah. if that's the, but if you ask the thing, then but if that's your thoughts, then fair enough on that. But um, everyone has an opinion. It's like a nice. Everyone has an opinion. Exactly. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, be be curious to know what your opinions are. Um, on Spotify, we have added a poll into. Uh, have into, you? Well, well, now we have. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, now <laughs> now this amazing thing in technology. Now we can add a poll onto our um spot onto for those listening on Spotify. Um, we're gonna add. We've had a poll on the bottom. So if you think <laughs> do a poll, do you do do you do the polls? Do I do the polls? No, these polls and surveys that you're on about. Well, I add them to the podcast, yeah. No! Oh, my God. The ones that F1 freaking sends around. Oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> well, I don't do them anymore. But I did, I did, yeah, I did because do them. Maybe they're from, like, the 80s. Sorry, I'm on one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, there's a poll on the bottom. There's a poll in the podcast of what do you think F1 should get rid of free practices? Answer yes and no, and then we can have a reflect that on next week's podcast. Um, I think we should wrap it up there. Um, have you got any final thoughts on this episode? Any comments or anything you want to add? Any discoveries of F1 from um, from the last week? I don't think so. Fair enough. All right. I think, well, we can leave it oh! there and wrap. Esteban Ocon is on Charles POV TikTok, and we're here for that. Um, is the, what? <laughs> is the, this took a sudden twist. Sorry, that just popped Please into explain. my head. Please explain. So, Esteban Ocon posted a um, TikTok, to TikTok, mm-hmm. obviously, um, of him and Pierre playing some... I don't know, they were sliding like a coin across the table. I don't know, sorry. Oh, oh, yeah. And then everyone was being like, oh, he's a Swifty because there was this Taylor Swift song in the background, right? And then yeah. there's this one girl, I can't remember who it was, so shout out to if it was you. Um, they clicked on the sound, and mm-hmm. like the sound isn't like a Taylor Swift, like he searched, you know, um, read Taylor's version. You know, he mm-hmm. like he hasn't done that, but it's like all these Charles Leclerc like POV, um, you know, like the these Wattpad TikTok things, yeah, where yeah. like they pretend to be their like the girlfriends, or it's like POV your Max's sister kind of situation, right? And it's all these ones about Charles Leclerc being like your boyfriend or your lover or so. And we were, I was like, oh my God, 
so he's obviously on that side of uh, TikTok. So, yeah, maybe like Esteban Ocon has a little thing for Charles Leclerc, or at least like, like the POVs that people do. The more you know, I guess. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know well, what we can Should we end it there? there? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know how what we can go from there, but um, yeah, I think we should end the episode with that. So apparently, Esteban Ocon has um, Charles the Clerk fan fiction or where it's called. POVs. Um, POVs. Thank you. Um, so, um, but yeah, we'll leave it with there. Um, so, <laughs> thank you very much for. Um, listening to this episode of the podcast we'll be back next week oh sorry I'm so unhinged sometimes yeah exactly yeah this is what I've got <laughs> i got to put up with this every day <laughs> joys of work joys of co-founding Padapash together um so if you if, if you enjoyed this episode please um let us know on social media you can follow us on twitter instagram and tiktok and um you can tune us into the next episode of the podcast which comes out next week for a recap the australian grand prix and do more motorsport chit chat but in the meantime uh thank you for watching and um yeah we'll catch you in the next episode